when it came my turn to do the 240 meter dash, I got a red medal. Hello. I'm out here with Dan and Jim and all these folks playing blind soccer. I think it's really fun. I want to see a movie, but I forgot my money at home. Can you give me a ride to get it? Hello everyone! We are excited about this race today. Some of our guys were under 35. My name is Cesar. National White Cane Day. Wonderful. National White Cane Day. It's like a 5v5 game. They're just blindfolded. National, National White Cane Day. I was thankful that I had some mobility skills because I thought that it was the staff dining room in the building I was able to find where I was going. We celebrate his life today by planting this tree. His joy stays with us and lets us be connected to him and to each other. This is a sterling silver linden tree. Hold on. Oh, I like right Happy Halloween, Andre. Happy Halloween, Mr. Kelly. Welcome back to our October edition of the podcast. We are so excited to be here. And we are glad you guys are here with us. So it's, stay tuned. This one is packed with all kinds of things, and, and we just hope you enjoy it. Yes, we do. All right, let's get started. And from our mailbag this month, we just want to say hello to Selvin Linder, former student at OSSB, was here in 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th grade, I believe, now living in North Carolina, pursuing a degree in information technology, loves working with computers, and would love to make contact with any of his friends from OSSB. His email address is Linder. L-I-N-D-E-R dot Selvin, S-E-L-V-I-N, 23, at gmail.com. So if you want to get in touch with Selvin Linder, it was great hearing from you. Shoot him an email. On October 2nd, our elementary students woke up early and traveled to Louisville, Kentucky, to the Kentucky School for the Blind for the Bill Roby Track and Field Day. A good time was had by all. We'll hear from Nicholas and Perseus about their experiences. So I'm Nicholas, and I'm going to be telling you what I did yesterday during the Kentucky field trip. When we got there, it was so hot, about 80 degrees. I got a partner, and I got my shirt telling what I was going to do. I went to do the standing long jump, and I got a blue medal. Then I did the softball toss, and I got a white medal. Then when it came my turn to do the 240 meter dash, I got a red medal. Then 200 tandem, I got a green one. After dinner at Wendy's, me, Brady, Beata, and Amina started to mess around. So that is what I did yesterday during the Kentucky field trip. I'm Perseus and I'm going to talk about the Kentucky trip I did yesterday. Yesterday, we left our school to go to the Kentucky School for the Blind. We ate lunch and we did the national anthem. Then the games began. First, I did the softball throw. I received a medal. Later, I did the standing long jump. I didn't receive a medal, but I got it at the end of the trip. Finally, I began my 240-meter dash. Once my race was finished, I received fifth place, but I got a medal for the race. 
that was all of my free sports. And that's my Kentucky trip we did yesterday. It was very sad to report to you last year the passing of one of OSSB family members, Aiden Carter, last winter. In the spring, we had a little gathering down in the lobby. We had some cappuccinos, some treats that Aiden enjoyed. And today was a very special day for those who are connected with Aiden Carter. On October the 30th, we dedicated a tree to the memory and the life of Aiden Carter out by the practice field near the band room. We're going to take a listen and hear from Jody, Aiden's godmother, and Dr. Labar, and the OSSB Marching Panthers. It's a special time to feel connected and to celebrate one of our classmates. And we are here today to honor a student who was an athlete, a musician, but most importantly, he was our smileologist. His joy stays with us and lets us be connected to him and to each other. We celebrate his life today by planting this tree. This is a sterling silver linden tree. In the spring, this tree emerges leaves in silvery tones that retain their blue and silver undersides all season long. There is always a silver lining. When Aiden had to leave his familiar school and enroll here at the Ohio School for the Blind, he didn't get depressed about not knowing anyone. He looked at it as an opportunity to make new friends. He played sports, he joined the band. Always the silver lining. The tree is generous with its gifts. Again, like Aiden. And finally, in the fall, this tree's leaves will turn bright yellow. Yellow like a smiley face. I'm sure all of us own or have been gifted with Aiden's Smileologist business cards. He passed them out very liberally. Everyone had the opportunity not just to get a card, but a real-life smile from Aiden. And every fall, his tree will remind us of him with its color. There's a plaque next to the tree which reads in standard writing and in braille for Aiden, son, brother, grandson, friend, student, band member, and smileologist. Aiden was all of those things and so much more. So to conclude our time together today, we'll celebrate Aiden as he would want us to celebrate with smiles and with music. Thank you for coming. And thank you for listening and being part of this dedication with us. This tree will bring lots of color to our campus, lots of shade during the summer months with all those silver leaves and a lot of smiles because of that shade during those hot, scorching band practices during summer band camp. I wonder what it sounds like when everybody gets a text at the same time. That's 218 right now. Oh! Got it! notifications. That's what it sounds like. Alright, here we have Mr. Ramsey, our school principal. Hey, welcome. Hello everyone. We are excited about this race today. I'm going to try to beat everyone, but I know that that's not going to happen. All right, I know there's a big challenge between you and Mr. Heath. 
There is a challenge between Mr. Heath and myself. Um, we'll let you know how it goes at the end. All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Sarah Quayley. Good morning, podcast. On October 7th, OSSB participated in the 9th Annual Orthopedic One Spirit Sprint 5K. A good time was had by all who attended. The event took place at Genoa Park and Cosi. Participants walked, jogged, or ran 3.1 miles. All proceeds from the event come right back here to OSSB to be used to enrich the experiences of our students. Our goal was to raise the most money and win $10,000. We didn't quite make that goal, but OSSB finished strong. I know we were in the top 10, possibly the top 5. Well, I did a 37, and but I think some of our guys were under 35s, and uh, well, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Nice day for a run. Yeah, little humid, little humid. little muggy. Here uh, comes in our uh, assistant superintendent. All right, Doctor Out coming across the finish line. Yep. Yeah, it was good. It was good for everybody. Uh, Sally finished about. Uh, 50 yards ahead of me, so. There you go, all right. We're supporting evening and day programming. Absolutely, had a good showing of all. Let's talk with Miss Parrish. Take it away, Jonathan. How did we come up with the idea for, to do the Spirit 5K? Um, I actually just kind of ran across it when I was looking for different fundraisers online. It is a 5K that's put on by Orthopedic One. This was the ninth year that they've done it, and it's the second year we've participated. And it's available for schools throughout Central Ohio to do and help raise money for extracurricular activities. Was there a lot of school participation? There was. We actually did better this year than we did last year. We had a lot more staff members participate. And this year, for the first year, we even had three students who participated. So that was really exciting. How much money did we raise? I do not have our final total yet. I should within a week or so. But I'm thinking we raised around $1,500. It might be a little bit more, actually. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. You know, you think about where a school of 120, 125 students participating with schools who have thousands. Exactly. We actually finished in the top four of all the schools that participated. And I think totally there were 150 schools, something about that. So for us to finish in the top four is pretty impressive. What do you think we'll use the money for? Um, The money is going to go to our PTSF fund, and it helps do things like student field trips or end-of-the-year celebrations. That's kind of what we used it for last year for um, just maybe we want to try something new this year. We'll have the funds available to help kind of offset those costs. Maybe some money (laughs) toward prom or something like that. So all those fun things we do. That's great. What do you think the most exciting part of doing this fundraiser was? I think it was just fun to see everybody come together and accomplish the goal of completing a 5K. It was really just fun. The weather was beautiful. It was great to kind of see everybody out there. And not just our school, but all the schools around Ohio. They brought bands and they had cheerleaders. Are we going to do it again next year? I would love to do it again next year and make it even bigger and better. 
like I said before, we took fourth place this year. So next year, I hope to get first, second, or third and earn an extra bonus check. So that money could really be used to do a lot of good here. Well, the first place was 10000 Yes, second place was 7500 and third place, I believe, was 5000 That's a nice change. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Rich Parish. Thank you. My name is Desiree. What grade are you in? Second grade. And what do you like? Moana Doss. My name is Makaya, and I'm in second grade, and I like... I like playing with baby dolls. My name is Lyric, and I like Incredibles, and I'm in the second grade. My name is Cheyenne. I am seven years old, and then I, I'm i in first grade, and then I like Boppets. My name's Arian Gary, and I'm in um, kindergarten. I like laundry. My name is Javen. I am in second grade, and I like um, some colors, except something like some pink and purple and black and gray. And I like dinosaurs. And that's all. Thank you. Here we are on National White Cane Day. And one of the events we're doing for today is we're going to have different teachers walk in the shoes of us visually impaired people. And we have one of those fine teachers here right now. How you doing, Ms. Barton? Hello. How much vision do you have right now, Ms. Barton? I have no vision. All no right. light perception, nothing. This is going to be fun. So me and Ms. Barton are going to take a trip down to the gym, and we're going to see how she does. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. She walks into a wall. She's doing a wonderful job. It was unnerving at first. She's doing a nice I was diagonal. thankful that I had yeah. some mobility skills. Now she's dragging her cane. When Miss um, she's getting close to the stairs. Sword out gave me my blindfold and my cane. I asked her nice. for some tips about the stairs and the don't hallway. Fall. Please do. Um, and how I should use it, and that I don't know that I would have. She's fine on the stairs with her cane. Talked to her about that first. Wonderful, wonderful. She is trailing the wall. Um, not knowing who was around me, not knowing. You know, I'm just so used to being able to see a certain distance in front of me and judge what I'm going to do based on what I see. And I didn't have, I didn't have that while I was under blindfold. So I didn't know who was around me. I didn't know what was around me. I got lost. Um, She's running into walls and doors and everything. And I didn't realize how much of the building I don't know because I rely on my sight. Hit by a door. Hit by a door. Is there a rug? Ooh, she's using landmarks. Nice. We are entering dining room too. She is finding her way to the refrigerator. Running into tables. <laughs> now, let's find us a big mailbox. Oh yeah, okay, big mailbox. But I think we should take the scenic route and take the whole entire square. <laughs> Ooh. I did get through it. Um, I, at one point, Andre kindly reminded me that I'm allowed to ask for help, and I don't know how long it would have taken me to get out of that hallway if I, if I didn't have that <laughs> So I did ask for help, um, and it was Miss Ford out, and she told me where I was. And then once I could, in my mind, locate where I was um, in the building, I was able to find where I was going. <laughs> that is a drinking fountain. I will warn you to put your arm up. Trying to figure out where I am. 
you know, Ms. Barton, something I've learned that my mobility teachers always tell me, it is good to ask for assistance. Oh, uh, Ms. Wardell. Yes. Could you tell me what I'm near right now? Oh, yeah, you are close by the auditorium. Oh, perfect. Do you like any help getting around? Um, no, I think I You know, I was glad to do that oh, with yeah. him and Thank glad you. to, well, I was definitely glad to have okay, him by my side. Had he set me on that scavenger hunt by myself, um, I think it would have been a, a really different experience. Mailbox. Congratulations, Ms. Moore. All right, now back to Ms. Moore. Now back to Ms. Moore. Up next, Mr. Kelly will introduce us to a new sport for blind and visually impaired. It's called blind soccer or five-on-a-side football. It has been pretty interesting to be involved in blind soccer or five versus five blind football. So far I've gone to two practices and the skills that I am learning playing this game are quite different than any other game or blind sports that I've ever played. Everything is done with the feet. When you dribble the ball, you keep the ball kind of on the insides of your feet, uh, kind of bouncing the ball or moving the ball with the insides of your feet up and down the field. When you shoot the ball, you stop the ball first on the top of your foot and you kind of track down the ball and then you use the the toe, the top part of your toe, to kick the ball into the net. And eventually you'll use more of the tip. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm still a newbie or a novice. If you're going to pass the ball to another player, you stop the ball at the top of your foot, you put your foot on top of the ball, you point your toe at the player you're passing it to and you sort of roll the ball off the bottom of your foot toward the other player. The person receiving the ball will then try to trap the ball between their insides of their feet. So you're kind of putting your heels together and you're pointing your toes outward. They can then start the, the dribbling motion of getting the ball down the field. Pretty interesting. Or should I say, should I say the pitch? Because when you play soccer, it's on a, on a pitch, the soccer pitch. The surface is turf. So far, first practice I went to was indoor, which you hear in the background. And the second practice uh, we did was at the Parker Roses outside on the grass. And I will say that you have better control of the ball on grass than you do on a floor of a gymnasium. It can get a little bit slippery inside. So stay tuned for more about blind soccer in the months to come. So we, we have to keep it on the ground. Oh, am I making it come It's really cool. I like it. I like the interaction. All of us are the cues that we're using, like clapping our hands and saying, using our voices to have people know where everybody else is. So I like it. It's really cool. Very cool. Is yeah. it pretty active for you? Definitely. It's no. a good workout. No. I mean, I already go work out at Franklin Park, but this is an addition to that. Sweet. So, yeah. Thanks. Hi, this is Noah Beckman. I graduated from OSSB in 2011, and I'm out here with Dan and Jim and all these folks playing blind soccer. I think it's really fun. I used to play sighted soccer when I could see a little bit better, and so I'm really happy that now there's a, a sport to where even though I have worse vision, I can still play. And, you know, the game I remember playing before, it's so much fun. Pretty physical? 
pretty physical when you're playing against me, Dan. All right. All right. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Knock, about knocked me over in the last drill. So <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and our next guest is Katie Atkinson, who has been involved in blind sports here in Ohio for, what, a year or two? Um, yeah, I've been here since January, so not even, almost a year. We're starting blind soccer here in Columbus, which what is, is exciting. How does it work? I always try to say for people who may be sighted, it's like indoor soccer. So there's two um, sideboards along and then two goals that are around field hockey goals size. And really there's four players who are blind or visually impaired under a blindfold and then a sighted goalie. So it's 5v5 and really the huge part is communication to your teammates and knowing their position. Really working on the same type of skills that you would um, a sighted dribbling, shooting, passing all of those things um, are a little bit different than sighted soccer but it's like a 5v5 game um, they're just blindfolded and right. not sighted and we're excited to have that here in central ohio yes we are right. it'll be awesome and hopefully we can get some people from cincinnati and cleveland coming down too that'd be cool so in terms of getting it started in different towns in ohio how are people doing that so we're trying to contact some of the other sites that we know of and getting some people who already do um, some blind sports there and hoping to get some adults as well. And then I'm also speaking with all the schools for the blind in November um, to see if we can do some type of conference where we get some students down here as well as um, just getting more people interested so we can get maybe a youth team as well started. Sweet. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank you so much. This is our ninth period class. It's our Braille and Technology class, and it's an exploration class about what kinds of technology that we're going to use beyond graduation at OSSB. Joining us today is our special guest, right out of the gate of OSSB, graduating last year, Alex Crawford. Hello. So, Alex, yeah. what are you doing these days? Uh, going to college at Columbus State, working at Subway, you know, full-time college student. Okay, and if you remember when we did your exit interview last year on the podcast, those were your plans, so you've been able to stick to those pretty well. Yeah. What is it like going to college? You know, I had some experience with College Credit Plus, so it didn't hit me as hard as maybe some people, but it has been an adjustment, having to make sure I'm awake for 8 a.m. classes that I don't want to go to and staying committed. And sign language is definitely, you know, a struggling class, but I'm working on it. You're learning sign language? Yes, I am. Are you doing that as a second language? Are you doing that as some sort of career goal sort of thing? Doing it as a foreign language, but since my uh, career is going to be in clinical psychology, I want to be able to serve all of my patients, whether they're, you know, deaf-blind or hearing-impaired or just completely deaf. Gotcha. Well, that is outstanding, be able to reach out to all those audiences through those different forms of communication. So are you interested in in taking up tactile interpreting as well? Yes. In fact, uh, some of the um, interpreters in the lab at Columbus State said that they could work with me on tactile sign as well. Okay, that's great. Now, in terms of getting back and forth, I assume since you're a freshman in college or freshman plus since you got some credits last year at Columbus State, are you, are you living at home still, and how are you getting back and forth to school? I'm actually right now living with my uh, grandparents over on Beachwald, which is not far from here at the school. Right. Uh, I'm commuting um, downtown to, to Columbus State, so I take a bus downtown and then transfer to another bus to get to Columbus State. That's great. Are you going to continue to do that when it gets down into the uh, single digits and below zero this winter? You know what? 
I don't want to, but I will because I'm just that dedicated. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a plan B in case that doesn't work out when the weather is inclement? Mainstream. Mainstream. All right. You know, I don't want to be the one to say it, but uh, be prepared to be late or go early, right? Yeah. Right. Paratransit is important, even if it sometimes doesn't work out very well. That's right. I think it's a great service that we have here in Columbus, Ohio, and they serve a lot of people. And in that respect, sometimes they can make you a little late. All right, Miss Finley has a question for you now. Hi, Alex. Um, how has Braille helped you in your college career and or your job or just daily life? It's actually helped me immensely. If you guys remember, I won the uh, Braille Braille display last year, so I have that. And when my eyes get fatigued, I tend to read some of my psychology notes on my Braille display, Bluetooth it to my laptop, and just go to town on that. So it really has been beneficial to me. Okay. Sounds like you're using a balance of Braille and technology to uh, complete your classwork anyway. Yes, I have the Braille display. I have Zoom Text Fusion, which has Zoom Text and JAWS. And yeah, I've also been working with my mom on teaching her Braille, so it's really been beneficial. Right. We learned last year that she was doing that through the NFB and the mentorship program. And uh, that's outstanding that she is keeping up with Braille and you're, you're a part of that, that her development. Oh yeah, Braille is an important thing for all people who are blind or visually impaired to know because we need literacy. It's one thing to hear a screen reader reading you something, it's another thing to actually be able to physically read it yourself. Right. Can you go into that a little bit more detail, like reading something versus listening to something and what that means to you? Yeah. Well, you know, our sighted peers can pick up a book and just read it. You know, you can see how things are spelled. You know, you actually get more out of physically reading a book. And if a screen reader is reading you something, you might try to spell things more phonetically and not have the literacy that you need to succeed in college. Whereas if you're actually reading something physically, it's more beneficial to you and it keeps you focused. Gotcha. All right. Do you use Braille and technology for things outside of classwork? Well, I have been working with my Braille display, Bluetoothing it to my iPhone and trying to play around with that, so I'm trying to get better at it. That's awesome. So you can do your Facebook and yeah, and those types of recreational activities on your phone? Yep. That's good. That's good. Talk about work a little bit. What's it like having... Are you working part-time, full-time? How's that working? I'm working part-time right now. I was working full-time over the summer at Subway, uh, you know, managed by the great Dave Swartout, the husband of our famous O&M instructor. All right. Um, It's been pretty good, uh, you know. Anytime you're working in a uh, fast food environment as a visually impaired person, it can be tough. You know, you've got to move quickly and be on point. But we've managed to adapt things very well. You know, I have um, most things memorized and anything that I need in an accessible format. Dave has been really good about providing for me. And my coworkers are very good about working with me on things that I need help with. So can you give us some examples of some of the adaptations that you have made? Do you have some vision? Right, you have low vision, yes. so you're able to to do some navigating on that. But I also think that having low vision that sort of puts you between two worlds, right? Because not everybody is aware of what you can see or what you can't see. And how do you navigate that type of thing in in the work environment at Subway? 
Well, sometimes we have issues where uh, DoorDash drivers or, you know, other people will come in and they'll try to hold their phones up to my face, like, you know, read my order. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I can't do it. So I either have to have, you know, them read it to me or if they don't speak very good English, I usually have to have one of my coworkers come out and help me with it. Right. Um, as far as other things, um, the computer is already in pretty large font. So I can, you know, be able to ring people out without having to squint and put my face right up against the screen. Uh -huh. and and we have a uh, closing procedures list that Dave has um, emailed to me, so I have that in an electronic format so that I know what I'm supposed to be doing when I close. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm wondering with that app if uh, that can be shared, you know, to the computer from the driver or to your phone. You're supposed to have an iPad, but just because we don't have one yet, it's like they have to show it to us, and it's complicated. But we will be getting an iPad, which will make that a whole lot easier. Right. Just remember to wash your hands before you use your Braille display, right? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> will get dirty real quick. I've been having to wipe it with alcohol wipes constantly. Yeah. I've asked you a lot of questions here, and we have a four of our class here today. And I've asked them to start thinking about some questions uh, related to being a recent graduate of high school and transitioning to college or work. So with that being said, uh, which one of you guys would like to start first? Being just recently graduated, what does your schedule look like? My schedule is pretty chaotic. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm usually in class. Um, psych starts at 11 a.m., gets out at 12.20, and then I usually have an art class from 2 to 4.50, but I didn't have class today, which is why I'm here presently. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I don't work on Tuesday evenings, but Tuesday and Thursday, I do have an ASL class from noon to 1.50, and usually on Thursdays, right after that, I'm on a bus heading up to Polaris to go to work, like right there. Um, and Fridays, I have to wake up at 8 a.m. to get to class. Um, and since I'm up north now, I have to wake up even earlier to get to class. And I have a follow-up question on that. Uh, you talk about how your schedule is so hectic. What has been the most beneficial for you in terms of helping you get organized on campus and scheduling your classes and kind of doing the time management and being where you're supposed to be? I have so many alarms set on my iPhone that it's not even funny. And reminders just out of the wazoo it is crazy <laughs> but i've been arriving to write everything down on my phone or on my computer and setting reminders to make sure i get my homework assignments turned in and it's just been hectic but it has helped me immensely well that's great that's great all right carl or danielle or Haley. how is college different than high school so college is different than high school in the sense that your, your teachers still care about you absorbing the information, but if you don't turn in a homework assignment, they will not hound you to turn it in. If it's not due, you are kind of screwed, you get a zero, unless they have a policy about turning in late work, in which case you might be saved, but it'll usually drop a letter grade. The classes are obviously bigger than OSSB, but maybe not as big as like a mainstream high school where... A mainstream high school would have maybe like 30 kids. I think the class that is the largest for me is like 25. Okay. Um, and most things are done via Blackboard, which is an online uh, kind of educational assistant. You know, they post homework assignments and you turn things in through Blackboard. Is that Blackboard pretty accessible for you? Oh yeah, Blackboard is pretty accessible. I haven't had any problems with it. And you know, there are some other kids with visual disabilities at Columbus State and they haven't had any problems with it either. Okay. Do you uh, network with those other guys, girls, ladies, men, 
with visual impairments at Columbus State at all? Not very often, but when I see them, I usually try to introduce myself and let them know that, hey, you know, I'm also visually impaired. Uh, I was actually waiting for the bus one day, and I uh, saw a girl, and she had her white cane out, and uh, she was actually trying to catch a bus, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a number nine. It did not announce. You should probably call CODA. All right. Uh, Carl. So how is uh, life transitioning after you got out of high school? You know, it, it's definitely taken some getting used to, you know, as I've said, college and high school are different. Um, not super different, but different enough. But it has been kind of a struggle because you're you're responsible for getting to class. If you don't go to class, there's no one that's going to pick you up and take you there or hound you to get there. You have to make sure you're getting everything that you need done. It's all about, it's very much independent and it's all about you. If you don't have the dedication, you know, or if you're not putting in the time or the effort, you will see it reflect in your grades and your performance. So so you have to own it, good or bad, right? Exactly. All if you right. screw up, you need to own up to it. And if you're doing great, you need to do whatever you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing if you're doing good. I hear you there. Haley, do you have any yes. questions? All right. Um, with getting to your classes, did you get like an O&M like, transition over to college? What was that like? Well, I was doing College Credit Plus when I was still here at OSSB, which means that I was taking a college class while I was here. So what happened was uh, Mary Swartout, who, is m who was my O&M instructor here, had gone over to Columbus State with me and done a whole tour of the campus. And um, I know that the Bureau of Services for the Visually Impaired, BSVI, will also give you an O&M instructor to do orientation and mobility on college campuses as well. And a neat thing about Columbus State is they have what's uh, called Blind Square hooked up with their campus where you can download a free app and they have beacons all over the campus that will tell you where you're going, where the buildings are, and give you directions on how to get to them. I think that's something we need to go and check out Yeah. Um, to go see how those beacons work. We've heard a lot about that. We've actually started with the Smart Paint up here last year and thinking about tying the beacons into that. So. We'll definitely do a field trip down there with this class and check those out. Now, I have, a, a, I have one more question for you. All right. All right. It's kind of a loaded question. Oh, boy. All right, because you know I'm good at those. I know. <laughs> so a moment at Columbus State where you were the most anxious, and how did you deal with it? Mm, that's a really good question, and I honestly think that I was most anxious when I first walked into my ASL class and I had to tell my instructor that I was visually impaired because I was not prepared for what she was gonna say because she's completely deaf. Uh -huh. So there is a slight communication barrier, though she can lip read and I can sign enough, and there's still you know some issues. So we actually had to get an interpreter um, to come in and help me explain it to her, and she's great with it now, it was just, I was so freaked out. I was like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Everyone's gonna be wondering why a blind kid is in here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's great. Sounds like you navigated that very well. And because uh, there are some times in college, it is different. You know, some of the differences that you were saying where you do get really nervous and, and you know, stressed out about things because you're moving from, you know, a, a, an environment of your peers into an environment that's, you know, wide open. And there's so many new things right. to learn. Especially when you come from an environment like OSSB, it's so tight-nicked and you go from a very small, tight group to just this giant group of people and you don't hardly know anyone in there. You may have the same class with like one person, you know. Yeah. 
So I have another question for you about that. Yep. A follow-up to that. In, in your, your advice, if you, could, if you could come back and tell the people who run OSSB, you know, just out of the gate here, um, what we could do better to prepare for, you know, help students transition from high school here to work in college, what would those things be? Well, I really do admire the STEP program. They do a really good job with transitioning people to work. But as far as college, I do think that College Credit Plus needs to be more like pushed, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I know that there are a few students this year, like my girl Sophia, who are going to College Credit Plus. But I do think that that should be more reinforced. I also think that they should have classes here about like just explaining financial aid and what all that entails and just kind of like intro to college if that makes sense like yeah. college preparation yeah and that's being done um at, at some level but it's certainly you're saying it could be intensified yes right uh, so people going out of high school are going to have a better handle on on how that system works right because trust me you know, I couldn't ask anyone to help me with my financial aid because it's got so much personal information in it. But if someone had explained to me better how I could do it, it would have definitely helped because I'm still working on that getting <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, very cool, man. We're, we're so happy that you're having a successful year, even though it's hectic. And uh, you have to listen to all those reminders going off. But it sounds like you're doing a great job, you know, at Columbus State and at Subway. And uh, so if you're stopping by Subway, go to the one at Polaris and have Alex make you a sandwich. I'll make really good footlongs, guys. All right. There you have it. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much. Anybody else have any other questions? I think we're all good. All right. I'll think of one later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Questions we'll ask you not on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, bud. No problem, on Friday, October 19th, we had the annual staff and student goalball game to help the goalball team get ready for conference. Everybody in the high school and elementary came down to the gym to watch. The female students won against the female staff and the male staff won against the male students. The girls team consisted of Emily, Matt, Lolita, Yachi, Sarah Cowan and Sarah Paller and Autumn, and playing for the boys team were Jason, Garrett and Marwan. The staff that played were Mrs. Barden, Sally Williams, Autumn, and Mrs. Swisher, Mr. Kelly, Mr. Lee, Derek Scott, Chris Wells, and Thomas Alfred. It was a fun experience and everyone had a good time. Here we are with Doug Payne. He's a guy, a visually impaired guy, who works at Microsoft, and we're here to talk to him today. Hi there. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? Uh, okay, not bad. Ah, me too. So, so you've been working at Microsoft? Just about 20 years. Mm -hmm. What do you do at Microsoft? Right now I'm on the WSD team. Mm -hmm. We are responsible for doing the Windows updates. Mm -hmm. Microsoft releases security fixes every month for the Windows environment, and I help manage the release of those. I work on an operations team that helps create those bug fixes and deploy them to the end users. And you do this totally blind? I have light perception. Mm -hmm but I am, you know, functionally completely blind. Can I ask, what's your condition? I have RP, night blindness. Mm -hmm. 
know, I used to have a little more eyesight than I do now. When I when I was younger, I used to be able to, I could see to read a screen if I got really close to it and change the contrast on it. But I lost that ability probably 20 years ago now. So, so I was able to gradually uh, learn a learn a screen reader over time as my eyesight got worse. I started relying on that more and more. When you were younger, you lost your sight, correct? Well, yeah, RP, as you know, is a congenital degenerative eye disease. And so, and everybody's path is different as far as how the eye disease progresses. I had some eyesight for a while. I know people with RP who in their younger days who drove a car. I never had good enough sight for that. But yeah, I used to be able to see re to reprint and read books. What does schooling look like for you? Schooling, I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. I am I went to I graduated high school in 1981. I was mainstream back then. If you had useful vision, you were encouraged to take advantage of it, and weren't really taught a lot of blind independent living skills or braille or mobility or any of those things until you absolutely needed it. So I didn't learn. Well, I, I didn't learn to use a cane until after high school, and I probably, I certainly could have used it during high school. It would have saved a lot of humiliation and banged shins and everything else. Yeah. And as far as the Braille goes, I didn't learn Braille until I was in my 40s, and I learned that just because I wanted to. You know, I, I was getting by on my job just fine by using um, screen reading software, and I still do. You know, I, I, I can read Braille now, but I'm not nearly as proficient at it as I would like to be or as I would have been if I had learned it in high school or whatever. Right. So how did you find yourself at Microsoft? Like I said, I was mainstreamed in school and went to high school and I wound up going to Wright State, which is, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, and Wright State's in Dayton. And I went to school there for computer science. And so it was a pretty, uh, well, a little Cinderella story or whatever. Um, Wright State was known for their uh, disability services, which mm -hmm. I didn't know too many other blind people at Wright State. It was kind of an insular environment at the time. But they gave me the resources I need, and I did a, I mean, I didn't do great in college, but I did well enough. I worked hard and was able to get a degree, and then I wound up working for Wright-Patterson Air Force Base as a civilian okay. for about seven years doing um, database work and work on Unix systems, which is a precursor to Linux systems, doing you're doing a lot of command line stuff, which I could still see to read and still do at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually I started relying on more like um, scanning text documents and doing different things like that to help me get my job done. And then that was that lasted until the mid-90s. I eventually landed a, a contract position at Microsoft. So mm -hmm. as a contractor at Microsoft, you know, the company hires you to do a specific job. They don't invest a lot. In your training or in your you know additional resources because they they need a job done quickly right and I did that contract for for about a year and a half and then I was invited to interview for a full time position um, on what was then the Microsoft Works team mm -hmm. Works was a precursor to Microsoft Office working at Microsoft are you allowed to give input on different things that they create absolutely like, like seeing AI I know that was a absolutely. Microsoft you know, my primary job at Microsoft, like I told you, is working on the Windows Update team and helping produce those updates that, that you know, you hate but love to install every month on your computer. Right. But I've also been fortunate enough to work on the ground floor and, and giving feedback and participating in usability studies in several several blind-specific applications, including Seeing AI and Microsoft Soundscape, which is a, a navigational app. 
has really caught on. It does not, uh, Microsoft Soundscape, for people who don't know, it doesn't give you turn-by-turn directions, but it does give you location information on you know, street intersections and which way you're traveling and such. And gives you a lot of feedback on what's around you, points of interest. One of the other things, too, what's really unique about it is if you wear bone-conducting head, stereo headphones, mm-hmm. it will use spatial audio to tell you the direction of where different things are. So if the, if you're walking along High Street and King Street is running from left to right, you know, if you're walking along High Street, it will tell you that High Street is to your left and King Street is running to the, from the left to the right and High Street continues ahead, for example. It will help you get unlo- mm-hmm. you know, help you right. find your way if you get lost, but its primary use, at least the way I use it, mm-hmm. is sort of as confirmation as to, yes, I'm on, I'm on route. I'm expected right. where I, I want to go. But it also has a beacon mode where mm-hmm. you say, you know, show me, tell me where this address is and it will have a 360-degree audio field that will tell you where that beacon is. And it will give you, you know, distance and bearing for towards that, which is really, really useful if you're going through, like, if you're going through an office park or going through a strip mall or mm-hmm. something, you know, with, you know, where you don't know, okay, you know, there's a teriyaki place here and you know, there's a different places, but you don't yeah. know where they all are. It will, it will kind of really help you find that doorway or find that, you know, and you can also set your own breadcrumbs. So I've used that when I'm walking along with my guide dog here, you know, if I'm walking on some of the urban paths and I need to know where that, where to turn to get back to the city street or whatever, and it's, and I've been daydreaming and maybe not paying enough attention, it will help point that out to me. I've also been able to contribute, given accessibility feedback on, on office and different products and stuff. Usually it's when something doesn't work and a bunch right. of people complain, you know, but, <laughs> but it's lucky. I'm very, very fortunate to work at Microsoft because they, they are generally very open and very receptive. Since the since the new CEO, Sacha Madala, has come on board, he's really put an emphasis on diversity, mm-hmm. hiring people with diversity, people of diverse populations and whatnot, and they've really put an emphasis on making things accessible and universal design. Universal design is this concept that you design the app once. You don't. You don't make separate. You don't have to do anything separate for people who are mm. visually impaired or blind or have different needs. A good example of that, not a Microsoft product, would be Amazon Alexa. Right. A sighted person uses uses their smart speaker exactly the same way a blind person does. What do you like to do? Fun. Fun. <laughs> well, lately I've been playing playing a lot of music. I just joined a rock band played electric bass for five or six years now and i have a really good private music instructor okay. uh, the other thing i like to do there's an organization out in seattle called outdoors for all that helps people with disabilities recreate in the great outdoors and they have a very extensive program downhill skiing cross-country skiing they have a hiking or kayaking or cycling a lot of different events inline skating mm. So I know Columbus just started up a blind soccer team. Would you, oh, did would, they? Would you be interested in that? I don't live here, but I, I would be if I did. I don't think I, I am. Oh, well, I don't know. You know, I've I've checked out goalball, and that's a. I, I was scared to death when I, when I did that. I thought I was my head was going to be taken off, but it was it was fine. I'm going to switch gears here. You mentioned your guide dog earlier. Yeah, this is Kenton. Hi. Back in 1999, as I was losing my sight, now I. I I feel compelled to say that a cane or a guide dog, they're, 
they're equally valid ways of traveling. I primarily use a guide dog, but you know, the little dirty secret is that even if you have a guide dog, sometimes you will want to use your cane if you're teaching a dog. If you're walking in an unfamiliar area, you need to learn that area first before you can teach it to a guide dog. I didn't really know what a guide dog did for a person, you know. I didn't, oh, do they read the signs? What do they do, you know? And so um, once, I, once I learned from a friend, you know, what the guide dog situation was about, then I, went, then I was definitely interested. The first time I picked up that harness handle and just started walking down the road, it felt like cruise control, you know. I, you know, a cane is a great way to travel. It's a great way to learn your environment. But in a familiar area or just you know, walking around or getting from point A to point B, a guide dog is great because it's, it's I find it less stressful because the dog is watching out for you. You're a team. You have, to, you have to monitor the dog and you have to be aware of your environment. But you don't have to have hair trigger reflexes when right. your cane hits something. You don't have to stop, you know, with an eight of an inch or else you're going to mm-hmm. clobber yourself. No. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now Andre and Sophia are going to share what catering is about at OSSB. All right. I just want to introduce you guys to two of the folks that are working the part of the catering program here at OSSB. Uh, Andre is a short fella. How you doing? Yeah. So Andre is like six foot seven, and Sophia is about five foot. What? Two. I don't know. But anyway, um, I want them to tell you a little bit about the catering program yeah, here and um, how they go about figuring out what they're doing. And, uh, guys, this is the Columbus Northeast. You guys have been catering for us for, what, three years now? So. All right, well. I would just like to start out by saying I'm five foot five, so give me some credit. Thank you. Um, Okay, so we prepare your food during our class periods, during the school day. We made you meatloaf, we made you mashed potatoes, we made you broccoli, we made you some salad. The meatloaf was made using uh, one of the teacher's aides family recipe, so you got a special meatloaf today. Okay. Today. I can't tell you how, to, um, how they made it because I also didn't make it today. I was uh, on mashed potato duty. No. Good so. <laughs> <laughs> But I have made meatloaf in the past, if I'm not mistaken, but it was a spicy meatloaf, and I don't think you guys got it. Outside of the cooking, are you guys involved in going and, and getting buying the stuff? Yes, we are. Right. We take a trip to the grocery store each week, and every two weeks you guys eat from us, and we ask Mr. Kelly, um, that's that guy, um, what you guys would like to eat. And he tells us, and we go purchase that stuff, and we set up. I was going to ask, how do you know what to serve us? It's got to be something different. All He's putting it all on me, like I'm picking yeah, the menus, yeah. right? A couple of weeks, you know, we're gonna have barbecue pork ribs, mm. collard green, cornbread. How's that sound? <laughs> How's that sound, everybody? Actually, I was thinking about fried chicken for the next one. But if you guys want to do I that, think that is my special fried chicken, macaroni, and cheese, you know, because the weather's going to be cooling down this weekend yeah. and you need, you know, something like that or some chili or something. Yeah. And, uh, so how about uh, after everything has been cooked and served and 
What's the process afterward? Are you involved? About an hour ago, I came in here and I put your stuff in the oven and I just let it sit there and stay warm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now it's on the table because we came back and now it's there. <laughs> Typically for outside catering, like when we have other people we cater to, when we have to deliver, we put them in the shaker. How many, thing, how many places do you cater to in a month, would you say? In a month? Yeah. Oh, yeah maybe four. Four yeah. or five. Okay. We believe it's O'Cali, Sism, Lions Club. Uh, oh, and uh, who was it? ODE. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Ohio Department of Education. Oh, okay. yeah. And you did some stuff for OOD last year. Yeah. Opportunities for Ohioans with disabilities. Yeah. yeah. And then, are you involved with making the uh, the bills? Um, yes, we are. Okay. All right. So you're you're doing this thing cover to cover. Mm -hmm. right. Are you making any Are you making any money doing this? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Us being here after school is. But are you learning anything about running your own catering? Definitely. We are. Be good to me for thirty five years. <laughs> yep. So this is a good opportunity if you're interested in BEP to say, man, I'd love to talk to you sometime. Oh, yeah. That's how networks are born. Yeah, is that, is that right? what, yeah. what year are you in? This is my senior year. I think you're doing a fine job. Thanks for a good we appreciate job. It. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We have to test things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. There you have it. Halloween. A night for children and adults to dress up in costumes and show off to their friends and snag delightful treats from different houses. But children aren't the only ones out on Hollow's Eve. There are ghouls and goblins and ghosts all around. Up next, we'll be sharing a story that will make your hairs rise on your neck and make shivers go down your spine. <laughs> I was sitting in front of the local movie theater filling out a check for one of my employees. Then I noticed a young boy standing outside of my car in the darkness. And before he spoke, I was gripped with fear and I couldn't explain why. I want to see a movie, but I forgot my money at home. Can you give me a ride to get it? I wanted to avoid looking at the boy. So, I looked at the time for the last showing of the movie, and I realized that we would not make it back in time. It wouldn't take long. I am only a little kid. I don't have a gun or anything. I just need a ride, please. That sentence scared me the most. I looked down and realized that my hand was moving to unlock the door. Then I looked up into the young boy's eyes, into darkness that went on forever. I dropped my coffee and spilled it all over me, which snapped me out of my trance. I can only come in the car if you invite me in. I started the car and I put the pedal to the floor. And I never returned to that movie theater again. Come back. I am hungry. Happy Halloween. It's October 31st, oh. and the I elementary students traveled around OSSB today. Trick-or-treating. It was a lot of fun. 
had a lot of great costumes. And we had quite a Halloween party up here in the computer lab. I want to thank the Columbus Northeast Lions Club for putting together some bags of candy for the kids. Joining me today, helping me pass out candy, was past district governor and past president of the Columbus Northeast Lions Club, Lion Ray Emson. So we had a lot of fun passing out candy to the kids and seeing all the great costumes. So the Independent Living Skills Department and students are hosting an afternoon Halloween party to celebrate cooking skills. We've got a lot of dishes here that are unique to this time of year. I helped Ajane make some mac and cheese. All right, did you make it Halloweenish somehow? Yeah. How? It's called, it's supposed to look like brains. So it's, it's a different color than what yeah. normal mac and cheese is. It's pink. I don't, I don't know. Pink? That's what brains are, yeah. <laughs> it looks really gross. Somebody made mummy dogs too, right? Yeah. And those are like pigs in a blanket, but you take mm -hmm. the biscuit and make it like snakes. and Yeah, like a croissant. And wrap it all around there. That sounds very delicious. I think Mr. Kelly ought to get the first plate. Bryce. Yes. Uh, you enjoying this Halloween party? Oh yeah. Uh, did you make anything for this Halloween party? Yep. What'd you make? We did the uh, pumpkin, pumpkin biscuit, pumpkin biscuit, pulled part. Yeah, pull part bread. Hi, this is Mrs. Swisher. This is our annual Halloween party. The students dance, have a good time, play music, eat, and enjoy themselves. Annual tradition at OSSB. You are so mean. Thank you, Swiss. Appreciate it. How long did it take the kids to put this together? We've been working on this for about a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like I got a lot of good food here. And yeah, they really did a good job. They got really creative. We have a cat brownie this year and the Walking Dead cupcakes and uh, meatloaf that's shaped like a, a corpse with blood coming out of it and just all kinds of fun stuff. So this year we were really creative with what we did. Wow. Appetizing is may not be the right word, um, but it all smells very good. Happy Halloween. Thank you guys for joining us for this month's podcast. This was a real exciting one this month. Packed with spooks, sports, and splendid learning. It sure was, Andre. Um, we're real excited for next month. We're going to talk to a couple ladies from Albania and Romania and talk about the lives of folks with visual impairments in those countries. We're also going to let you know how goalball season ends up and wrestling is going to get started. Cheerleading will also get started in November and... One of my favorite holidays in November is Thanksgiving because there's a lot of food. I'm going to share an article with you next month on what it's like to deep fry a turkey. Once again, thank you guys for joining us for this podcast.